Welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. Advice, thoughts, and stories from a married couple on cybersecurity, technology, and life in general. Now here are your hosts, Didi and Latal. Hello and welcome to the Didi and Lital show. It's another week and I think you want to talk about the Bruins? Of course I want to talk about the Bruins. So what do you want to say, Didi? So let's start <laughs> with this week in, in the Bruins. So for those that will listen to this in a million miles away, we're recording March 2nd, 3rd, whatever. 3rd, 4th. Whatever. So the beginning of March. We don't know the day. The team that every Bruins fan hates viscerally, is the Montreal Canadiens. I think it's safe to say. We had a Canadiens fan on the show, Sam. It's not his fault. He got hit in the puck. With By the me. way, congrats, Sam, on your new gig. Awesome Con- gig. Congrats, Sam, on your new gig. So the Bruins broke the the team to get fastest 100 points in the, se- in the season schedule, which was owned by the Montreal Canadiens for the longest, longest time. They're on pace to be the, fa- the the team that has the best record in the NHL ever in the regular season. And their goalie scored a goal. The goalie scored a goal. The goalie scored a goal. The goalie scored a goal is like massively impressive. And they've been going on at it for a while. Now, Swayman tried a couple of times, Olmec tried a couple of times because they, they, they beat up teams so badly right now that everybody's pulling the goalie and they're trying, the goalies are trying to score. Now, take a ba- pick up a tennis ball in your hand. Try to throw it across a basketball field, basketball court. That's, that's the range. Now, try to do this with something that weighs a ton, because most goalie sticks weigh a ton. And a hockey puck weighs close to a pound of rubber. Now, try to do this on top, kind of above a whole bunch of big dudes coming to hit the shit out of you. Now that you, uh, explains what it means to score a goalie goal. So, way to go. Hooray. Also, yes. Second, they <laughs> beat a team that they had no business beating. Like, their goalies had like a 50-something save game. They played like five minutes and they still won the game. So, they, they're, they're rolling. Bruins. So, you're happy with that? I'm when hap- is the Stanley I'm happy club? like pig and shit. When uh, is the season over? Like, how many weeks do we have to go? Well, if they go all the way... You should know, because you went with me. I don't remember anything. <laughs> if they get to the Stanley Cup, it will be middle of June. Okay, so we have time to discuss We have, we have a whole bunch of a whole, whole bunch of Bruins talk to go. I want to talk today about cybersecurity as usual. What cybersecurity? It's been in the news for a while now, the, the China-US relationship, the balloons were all over a month ago. We shot them down, four balloons. Only one was, I guess, a spy, Chinese spy balloon. The rest were unidentified items flying in the sky that we used, I don't know, F-16 to shut them down or whatever missiles we used. And it was interesting. We have the technology. Uh, We uh, we usually have the technology to solve those problems. And uh, it's interesting, head of CISA talked this week and discussed that people got crazy about those Chinese balloon and China spying on us and flying in the air and taking pictures of U.S. uh, missile defense systems and stuff. When the reality is that nation state and specifically China Uh, has been spying on us. So let's first, first, let's not what they say about people that live live in glass houses, right? 
Okay. They shouldn't go walk around in their their underwear. Anyways, you shouldn't throw rocks. Now, you know what country spies on people the most ever by far? I guess an old country? No, no, no. No? First there's the the U.S. and the NSA and Fort Meade. Oh, absolutely. So... I mean, I'm uh, so sure we have a lot of spy balloons. That, no, no, forget the spy balloons. <laughs> the NSA spies on everything. Do you think the regulations that the Europeans and all of them don't want, they want to safeguard their citizens' data from being hosted in the U.S.? They think they do this because they're just these ma- like really mean French people? No. The, the biggest spy in the world is the U.S. After we establish that, the second biggest villain is Israel. And Germany and France are very close followers. So we keep throwing rocks at China, but we need to, to be aware that we are just as bad. Now, after we establish that, and don't be too self-righteous, I think we need to understand that people are stupid, and if it's not visible, they don't do anything about they it. They don't care. They don't care. A balloon is really scary. A balloon is scary. You they could have dropped a bomb on us, blah, blah, blah. But sometimes we need to give credit to some leaders that have vision. Chinese cyber attacks started briefly and were halted during the Bush administration. The second Bush. GW. Okay. The guy that we like to mock make fun of of as one of the dumbest presidents we ever had. So apparently Mr. Dummy understood very, very fast, or his advisors did, there was something called Operation Aurora, which was an attempt at, on Google. And the Bush administration reacted really, really fast and said, guys, this is this is like a military attack. Do this again, and we'll... And re- that came from China. Yeah, yeah. And they all said, next time you do this, we'll act in force. Not, you hack, we shoot missiles. And that paused stuff until other presidents were m- less willing to take that strong stance. And now I understand why somebody, I'm not judging and I'm not taking sides in politics. I'm saying that I can understand completely why somebody wouldn't want to go into a trade war with China because everything we wear comes from there and everything we do comes from there. So we we need to be very careful as as how we walk that line. Our dependence on on Chinese interests, same goes, by the way, for stuff other countries do with cyber spying in the U.S. because everybody tries to cyber spy in the U.S. that generates most of the IP in the world. So what do you do if it's Germany? D- do you want to pop the balloon? So I don't know, but friendly. I, I, I think it's really interesting how um, pol- political this thing is. Mm-hmm. So I, it, like everything, right? Threats that are visible, you have to act on them. Yes. You have to shoot down the balloon, whatever. I don't know if it really collected anything. I don't know what's the real risk it imposed. For sure, it cannot be as big as really... Malware, uh, in, uh, malware, malware imbe- embedded in, t- in, in everybody's tablets, for example. Yes. Oh, TikTok on everyone's machines are tracking you and knowing how you look and what you do on your daily basis. So, yes, I think this is interesting. I think that that the change that we see, though, is that we are entering this Cold War with China, which might even get into a warmer war. I don't think it's just with China. I think Uh, we we are in kind of like an interesting state. I think there's a cyber war going on for... It's, but now it's just escalating, and it's not just cyber. The trade war is there. 
I mean, the cheap manufacturing is going to go away from Asia and moved here because of those threats, because of the embedded threat, as well as the supply chain threat of just manufacturing everything in Taiwan is a threat. That's another thing that this week was discussed in the news about manufacturing of those high-end complex chips that are used. They're ubiquitous, but those that are really used in in everything military, they're trying to move it to the U.S. because now 98% of it is manufactured in Taiwan. And it's a risk. It's a real risk, not just cyber. It's it's a supply chain risk. We've seen it in the pandemic. So really interesting. Also in the news this week was kind of new proposed regulation, which will put way more focus on the need of software industry to embed security and have more responsibility around it, which I think is needed. It's I, I like it. I think that if you are creating software and s- selling it, it's very similar to if you are a car manufacturer and you're selling it. If it has safety issues, risky issues, some regulation should be around it. If you are building a building, there should be code. I think we talked about it when yes. Dimitri was here. And Software also, and doesn't also have this thing. Also in the episode that got released yesterday. We, we talked about compliance. Yeah, compliance framework. A few episodes back when you listen to this podcast. So I, I think there is a need for stronger regulation around software, what needs people self-regulate themselves today, people want to do right. I don't think there is like a very clear, if you don't do X, Y, Z, then you are negligent and maybe you can be sued for producing risky applications. Um, yeah. I, so, I mean, it's tough, right? Yeah. Because every code is buggy. The GD and Latal show will return in a moment. The Didi and Latal Show is sponsored by ORT. In today's world, identities are the perimeter protecting the organization and are the most exploited vector by attackers. If your security teams are struggling to maintain control of identity management tools, ORT can help. ORT offers a centralized platform for discovering, monitoring, assessing, and remediating identity threats to your business. While most security platforms can take weeks or months to start identifying and remediating risks, with ORT, your security teams can get started in as little as 30 minutes and start securing the identity perimeter immediately. ORT will surface the most critical vulnerabilities and give your security teams the recommended action steps. Start your trial today at ORT.io. That's O-O-R-T dot I-O. The DD and Latal Show is sponsored by Hunters. Hunters is a SaaS platform purpose-built for security operation teams. Providing unlimited data ingestion and normalization at a predictable cost, Hunters helps SOC teams mitigate real threats faster and more reliably than SIM. Visit Hunters.ai to learn more. If you think of the what, what, what they were called, Theranos, because think of... When when do you cross from being negligent to being fraudulent? And this is a big thing about VC kind of invested companies. Of when do when do you go over from being fraudulent? But I don't think no. It's, I'm, I'm thinking it's, 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 it's fraudulent. I mean, I, there's so many legit software product that they want to move fast, break things, and we, we talked about it with Revive. 
new technologies never think about security from the get-go because um, they, they want to move fast they want to break stuff they want to get to market as fast as possible and so the ROI is not necessarily there you want to get to the to, to market ASAP. I, I'm, I'm not sure about that because th- this is where it becomes the difference between effective and negligent what does it mean to be effective and negligent th- th- this is th- nothing's Nothing slows development if you force MFA. Trust me. We, we, I've been building software now for 35 years. No. N- nothing. MFA does not slow you down. Okay. So, and real MFA, not BS MFA of text, text me once every 90 days. Nothing slows you down. I'm going to give a shameless plug to my buddy Manoj. Nothing slows you down if you're incompetent and you don't know anything about security to plug in something like Sneak. Sneak comes in. Scans Application security, scanning your code. Scanning your code. See that you don't do anything stupid. So it, it That if there are known vulnerabilities, they, you didn't include them in exactly. your code. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of what is called posture management tools. Now, there's a slew of them, but th- there's, uh, I'll give you an example. There's a tool in AWS called GuardDuty. Yeah, a lot of companies that really like our product come to us and say, "How come you you're not implementing Control A, Control B, Control B for us for AWS?" And I ask them, "Why didn't you turn on Guard Duty?" Now, some people that will turn it on and say it's too noisy, too problematic. It ha- it has. I think that's the problem. There is also yeah, but 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 in reality, nothing is perfect. But in reality, there's a lot of these basic controls in place today, in AWS, in Google, in Azure, that if you're building on top of them. And most people just don't even turn on the basics. And that's negligent. So, so you need some level of education. Remember Gabi's episode? First, start by educating people. If I would be the regulator... So every developer needs to be educated about building secure product. That's a must. Like you learn a code and you learn how to secure the code. Or even... The, Is it even with, taught today? If you, you take your major in... Yeah. So let's, let's look... It's been a while since you, you took class, comp sci classes, but like, I don't know. Is yeah, it in uh, the curriculum uh, these days? I, I if you major uh, in comp sci? I would be surprised, but I'm happy to learn about it because... Yeah, uh, it has to be, right? Uh, I, 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 w- I think it's probably an optional class. Uh, and sometimes when they take an academic class, they're teaching, I'll say in security, the... I'll give you an example from another space that um, they teach in ComSci, which mi- misses the point. So there's something called binary search versus random search. If you need to find every name that starts with N, N let's say I look for Lital in the dictionary. If I, st- I can start with A and go all the way to L, or I can start with L. Now, if when they teach optimization, this is like the first thing they teach in academia, and then they miss the whole point that... The OS does a whole bunch of stuff for you, and and things don't come for free, and you need to do something in a certain, in a pre-sorted things. Same goes with security. When we were taught security, we were taught how to do memory protection and how to do these things. So everybody's indoctrinated to think, oh, this is like really hard because you need to deal with the attacks that Hunters is built to deal with, like really complex IOCs and how to detect. Really, complete. not only, yeah, but I'm, yeah, I'm, but I'm saying uh, as well. Uh, th- a lot of times, when the developer learns about these things, he thinks that he needs to build hunters, rather than to think, "Crap, I just need to click a button on a couple of things and make sure that 
I'm secured. And this is the thing that when ComSci teaches you, they teach you the complicated stuff rather than to teach you... Pragmatic stuff. Pragmatic that, stuff. That's what schools are. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that difference between life. And so I, I, I think... Basically, that's the way. And everybody talks about shift left and security embedded in, in dev. I think it's coming as regulation. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think very soon think you'll have left, call. I think shift left is a misleading idea. Okay. It's sometimes you just, I'll call it hire a responsible adult. So I know security really, really well. I've been doing this for many, many years. One of the CISOs that we sold the product to decided I had enough. I'm going to sit and kind of think what I'm going to do next. I offered him to be a CISO in residence for us. And when he and I are having these conversations about security posture, even if you're the best security person, you need to have that security conversation. Ask some, have somebody ask you, what are your assets? What are you protecting? What do you don't care about? How much money you're willing to invest? By the way, I'm going to give a sh shameless plug to Dimitri, our buddy, who's basically teaching a class about this. So you need to start with understanding at, at the C level to understand what do I need to do to start? Am I hiring the right people? Am I asking the right questions? So first I would start by educating the C level to ask a few questions like, is the fact that everybody in my organization is buying their own LinkedIn sales navigator, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Are they keeping customer information in there on their private accounts? Everybody's getting Notion or everybody's getting, running their own Monday account. What information are they keeping in their Mondays? What are they keeping in Evernote? Is this something I should be worried, should, shouldn't be worried? So start with the, uh, the asking the business questions. Yeah. Then uh, ask if you have the right person in place mm -hmm. that can take a look at the technology and decide, I do this and, or I don't do that. I think we need more engineering leadership that the VP R&D, the chief product officer in companies have to have some training and knowledge of security. I think that's like, if you're a software shop, you want to have your dev leadership having some sort of training and understanding, understanding how to build secure product, how to think about it from design, how to not put it as an add-on and silo it, but how to hire the right people that actually have it in their mind, how to buy the additional software if you need. It, it, technology is not the, the solution. It's like getting the right people. And I think this is like, you would want somebody that have been through some experiences. So I think that's something like if you are a dev shop, you want to have leadership that have this kind of experience. Do you agree? I agree. And also find, find. so I'm continuously talking to Dimitri, who was on the podcast, and Mike, who I've referenced by name. But I highly recommend finding your Dimitri, find your Mike, start talking to, to them. So all... Dev organization should have consultants should that's have, come out they, they from have, security. They have advisors. I'm willing advisors. to bet. I'm willing to bet that they have a whole bunch of advisors already for marketing and for, sales for and marketing. for other stuff, but get, not necessarily get, for the security aspect a, of the business. Get, a, get an advisor. Give him like oh one percent of the company. Talk to them. Ask them questions. Start there. Have them talk with the organization. I, I actually think that. What you said about talking to the C-suite and stuff is not enough. It's actually the talking to 
the developers. Like they should care about the code that they're writing. They should know that they should know that their boss is looking if they care. Yep. That, this is where it needs to start. That's why I said there needs to be a KPI in the organization for that. Like, right. uh, uh, not just how much code you put in uh, in your Git. This is how secure the code is. Right? There, there are there are good metrics for this, and okay. actually from GitHub. Good. Awesome. Good. Well, I I think we are heading in the right direction, and actually, it it, it it's time. I think that the, it shows an evolution. Sure, but I think the thing that I'm always worried when government intervenes. Government always will do the dumbest thing they can do. And it's slow. So by the time something comes out, we already talked about it, it will be irrelevant. That's a problem. It will be too old. Not not a good fit. And it... it Cumbersome. You, yes. Yeah. You know what a hippo, a giraffe, and an elephant have in common? What? They're all horses designed by a committee. This is how these regulations are going to look like. Sounds good. Well, uh, one more thing before I leave producer Dave. In the theme of hockey, have you ever sh- seen the show Shorzy? Yes, I have. I've seen every episode. I love Letterkenny and Shorzy. Amazing shows. Exactly. Yes. So, highly recommend to everybody. I yes. think I think I'll the best Especially way to, the Canadians. Yes. Yes. I think it's like an amalgam of Degrassi and Mighty Ducks, but an R-rated <laughs> of both. Yeah, the guy behind that, Jared Kiso, I guess he he created the whole thing. But it's I don't think you have to like so-called Canadian humor to like it. It's just hilarious. And the chirping in the hockey sequences is, are uh, unreal. Uh, unreal. Yeah, unreal. unreal. So yeah. my recommendation for everybody, we've been, watch, we've been following this for a while, me and the kids waiting for season two. Of Shorzy, is it coming out? The, uh, that's what said. the rumor, oh, okay. th- that's what the scuttlebutt says. We're, so. we're waiting for a season two. So... I leave everybody with look for Shorzy. Look for Shorzy. Look for Shorzy. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Another episode of the Didi and Lital Show. Rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. If you want to be on the show, please reach out to Didi and me. Thank you. Thanks, Didi. Thanks, Lital. See you next time. Bye. Bye.